Forge 103.9, a new sound. This is Real Talk. I am Bob Fuentes. And I am Matt Munoz. And Matt, it is Pride Month. Yes, it is. And you said we have the perfect guest to start off Pride. Introduce our guest for us. We have in the studio, LGBTQ plus educator and activist, our friend back. She hasn't been back here since 2021. I know. I, I blame Wendy you. Wendy Gadai. Yes. Thank you, yes. thank you. Uh, you know, it's been two years since you've been back on. We talk about Pride every year, but how have you been? How has Pride developed over the past two years? So I've been really good. I was in school last time I talked to you guys, and I'm still in school. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my last year, so I'm hoping to finish my dissertation this year, 2023 slash 2024. So that's been going really well with research and stuff. And uh, my topic of research is LGBTQ focus. So Pride is definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot. And since the last time I came, a Pride has changed both good and bad. I know. That's what they, when we talked about 2021, and I uh, called Wendy, I said, oh, yeah, we got to get Wendy back in. Mm -hmm. And I thought that we had Wendy in 2022. Yeah, I thought it was just like last year. That's why I felt too. I was but, like, I was just there. <laughs> yeah, but like time, time, time has flown by. And we're like, what has changed? So let, let's talk about that. In 2021... We were just kind of barely, you know, seeing the light at the end of the of the pandemic. Yeah. So everybody was starting a little bit, feel a bit more optimistic. We're looking for things to be happy about. Pride is starting to pop up. We're starting to talk about it freely, hit their current county, the Central Valley. I mean, everything from the flags at the City Hall mm -hmm. to here. Events are popping up. Everybody's really excited. It becomes not just uh, for for older people but like the youth are starting to get a lot, a lot more involved and so everybody's very optimistic yes it can we can finally be open we can finally start talking about pride in our little red dot in the middle of the state 2022 we're like yeah, yeah you know it's just simmering along then we get to 2023 mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's like a different world it really is but nothing has changed everything is i feel like the same the community still they're strong everybody's still advocating mm -hmm. for equal rights and essentially you know being treated as human and mm -hmm. being kind to each other i feel like normal stuff that most people like advocate for and are for but this year things have i don't know exploded and not in a mm -hmm. positive way mm -hmm. where we have a lot of folks um, i wouldn't say a lot actually i'll take that back i think we have a loud majority that is a minority that is just really advocating for like change and not in a positive way like oh we can't do this we can't or children don't need to see this but it's kind of the opposite our children are the ones that do need to see this they need to see especially lgbtq folks need to see that life does get better or there are communities that accept me and then are welcoming and they're not all haters which is crazy because not all, not everybody's a hater mm -hmm. i think it's just a few folks that are just really have a lot of misinformation from a lot of sources and they're not using their you know reasoning skills and they're just believing what they hear and they're going out to these um, stores and they're making a scene mm -hmm. for themselves because the other folks are probably embarrassed they're like oh my gosh I can't believe you did that you yeah. we see this on tv or like on tiktok i've never seen it in person and to be fair i've never seen it in person because i think most folks in this community are a little bit more level-headed yeah. yeah i'm not gonna say that it doesn't happen but i've like never seen it here like where it's like oh my gosh i can't believe they did that mm -hmm. but it's crazy that people do do that because i'm like it's not that serious these folks just want to exist like you and i yeah yeah so like a lot of it is like again like you're talking about fear yeah you just they just don't <laughs> understand they just they think like lgbtq plus community is just different yeah so because of different from me I don't agree with it. It is wrong because it's not my lifestyle, right? Yeah, and I'm like, if you just sat and talked to anybody that's in the community or just anybody that's an ally, you will understand, like, oh, they're not even that different. They yeah. want the same things I do. They want to be loved. They want to respect it. And they want to be, you know, 
happy mm, just like yeah. anybody else but it's just it looks a little different it is not wrong or anything it's just a little different than from what you're used to but some folks i just they can't accept anything that's not their point of view mm -hmm. and i'm like it's sad for them because i'm like oh you're really missing out on the world there's so much beauty in it and by you being stuck in this like hate or fearful mindset you totally miss the beauty that is the lgbt plus community mm -hmm. because we've been around for you know eons and generations and we've been oppressed or people have been trying to oppress us and you know ruin our lives or run our lives for us but we've been able to succeed mm -hmm. and Absolutely. happily you know let Let's talk a little bit about your personal history before we move forward, because the last time you were here in 2021, we, we kind of talked about your, your personal journey, uh, about, uh, you know, when you uh, came out uh, a little bit. Of, let, touch on a little bit of that so we can let people know who Wendy Garay is. OK, well, a little bit about me. I was a closeted gay in Kern County, like a lot of us. I am in my 30s, so I was a millennial. I grew up when the Internet was coming out. Mm -hmm. So as I was uh, kind of exploring my sexuality and figuring out who I was, um, I was there was nobody out that I could like look at or talk to or just like even be comfortable being around or like saying that I was gay or queer. Um, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm like in my, you know, in my head about it. But the Internet is a great tool. Mm -hmm. So this is the time where I'm exploring like just like websites. What does it mean to be gay? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's this whole world out there. And I started to like become comfortable with who I am. And in high school and middle school, I was like very like, oh, I'm not I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna, not going to say anything. And then when I got to college, college is college, and it was a very fun experience at CSUB, and I was able to be comfortable with who I am, and that's when I like officially came out, and I started. Was there like a community? At yes, CSUB? That, it was. There was um, uh, a GSA, a gay and lesbian, uh, gay student union or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there was like a, an organization of students that were already out and proud and doing. How work. many students were in there? Not that many. It was like a handful of students. Mm -hmm. They're like five or ten, mm -hmm. um, but they were consistent and they would show up and they would host these meetings and I would go and I was like, okay. I'm kind of into it. And then since there wasn't a lot of people, leadership opportunity came really fast because there's, there's only like 10 people, you know, mm -hmm. some of you have to do some. Of the there was like six officer spots. Yeah, exactly. There was 10 people. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. So they're like, you got to do something. And I'm like, all right. Okay. So I started to get involved. And then once I started to get involved and I was involved with um, CSUB kind of working with their professors and stuff like that, kind of because they were pushing for like more inclusion and advocacy and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I could do that. So I started talking to those folks and then I started to do my teaching program and I was like oh I want to be the teacher I needed when I was growing up because growing up I didn't have any career educators that were open or I, maybe I did but I you know they never told me yeah. and there was never like any um, flags or anything that says hey I'm queer I'm here and I'm here to support mm -hmm. you so I just kind of kept it to myself and I when I was in the teacher program I was like I I don't want kids to feel like that mm -hmm. I want them to be like okay I'm there's a safe person even if I never say anything to them I want to I wanted them to know that safe people existed yeah they, mm -hmm. that, there's someone who's like uh i want to say like a role model not even like a role model like a authority figure that like can help guide me through these feelings if i need help yeah right? and that was kind of like my goal but it's current county and i know and teaching is very like oh, i don't want to you know st uh, rock the boat or anything so mm -hmm. i just kind of just went in did my w job got tried to get accredited and stuff like that and i did and then once i was uh, tenured and stuff like that i started to do a little bit more of activism and stuff like in the community and get involved and stuff like that and fast forward, here I am on the radio hanging out with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me touch on the when you talk about CSUB. Okay, now you are also uh, a person of color. Yeah. So when you talk about you know that adds another element to it, another layer to you know 
reaching out to the to the community and finding your spot you know did you find other latinos latinas let me ask you how do you identify because i want to make sure that yeah i'm i'm a mexican-american i identify as like latinx mm-hmm. um my pronouns are she her hers uh but uh yeah, so it is difficult because not difficult, but I am a Mexican-American. Like coming out to my family was a whole different process than my friends in college and stuff like that because they were either like other minorities or they were white and their experience was a little bit more welcoming than mine. Mine, would, it started off like terrifying because mm-hmm. when your parent says, are you gay? You're like, uh, you're why? Like, what, what are you Maybe? talking about? Who told you? It's, <laughs> yeah. You start to like kind of question yourself, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And at that time when I was growing up, like, my biggest fear was getting kicked out mm-hmm. because that's what happened to gay kids. You got kicked out. Yeah. But obviously that didn't happen to me. Thankfully, my mom is very understanding. She turned around now. She's like super supportive. She's like, mm-hmm. she's like, oh my gosh, you're gonna be on the radio or like, oh, where's your girlfriend? She's like super supportive. But in the beginning, I didn't see that. So it was like scary to come out. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm out, it's like my family is super supportive. I, I'm like super lucky and blessed. Like everybody is like, yeah, you're like the gay cousin. Like we knew, we know. And like anything gay, they go to me. Um, so that, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that was like a unique experience because then I have friends that are also Latinx and they're like in their 30s or 40s, but they haven't never came out to their families yeah. because they ha- they have a different upbringing and they have just culture. Yeah. It's just the, real, the whole religion thing. It's, it is. Oh yeah, it is so, so complicated. And I feel for them because I'm like, oh, I wish you were out, but I get it. Because those are your parents, mm-hmm. your family. You don't want to disappoint, even though it's not disappointing. But to maybe them, to like, them, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like a whole journey that maybe you don't want to take on right now, and that's mm-hmm. cool. So it's different because, like I said, my experience is very unique in that regard. Because mm-hmm. I am Mexican American, my family is very accepting. I'm, I am in the Central Valley, so there are communities or other folks that aren't as accepting. But I've been surrounded myself with people that are accepting. Mm-hmm. So even if you do hate or hate her, I don't know about it. Because I don't want to know about it. You know, yeah, I don't like care. It, like It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I try to build community. Wherever I go, I try to build a positive community mm-hmm. of folks. But it is hard with the Mexican-Americans. Like, I'm like, where do... I like, know it's complicated because then there's a the language barrier, too, because there mm-hmm. are services, but a lot of them are English-based. Mm-hmm. So how do we reach your Spanish-speaking community members? They want to be involved or want to advocate, but there is the language barrier. It's yeah. just unfortunate. And I'm sure that this, this community isn't the only one that has to face that yeah and you talk about we talk about uh, uh people of color so you got you know latinx but then you also have african-american mm-hmm. i mean and then the other ethnicities mm-hmm. i mean what are some of the experiences that you found with like maybe some uh uh adults or you know teenagers of of different ethnicities that are kind of like they want to come out but also there's those there's those cultural barriers that Th- kind that's of, hard yeah I, it's always hard to not hard but it's I just never know how to talk to them in a way yeah. that is ex- that they feel loved. Not because it's hard, but because it's like heartbreaking. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you shouldn't have to hide who you are and be fearful of of your family's reaction. But it's this, it's a safety mechanism. Like, can, can we talk about like I don't want to derail, but can yeah. we talk about that exact feeling, right? Because I think a lot of people um, who are anti LGBTQ plus or like are anti like a minority group, they don't understand how it feels to not feel accepted by the people you love, right? Or not accepted by the community. Could you imagine going on social media and seeing like a hate campaign towards someone of you, right? Mm -hmm. It's so, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking because like I said, I I grew up in that like mindset because I was like I said, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh my gosh, they're going to hate me. Like, because it was very like, if you were LGBTQ+, like you didn't hear love. You didn't hear acceptance. Yeah. You just heard hate and like, you're an abomination. You're like they threw religious quotes at you, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what does this yeah. all mean? And it, am I going to hell?" Um, so you are in this like fearful state, not knowing that that is not a forever state. 
mm-hmm. that there is other people that like don't believe that or don't agree with that or like say that's not even true don't even worry about it you're an amazing human being and you should do you but like growing up and not hearing that it's very like like i said you kind of live this double ed this double life mm-hmm. you kind of you live internally where it's like you know who you are and you know who you want to be when you grow up but then externally you have to play a game you have to you know look straight you have mm-hmm. to act a certain way you can't mm-hmm. you know wear your hair a certain way you can't do certain sports certain things you don't want to look gay you know yeah. you want to pass and stuff like that which is sad because i'm like if you could just be your authentic self you would be so much happy but i get it it's survival you have to kind of like also know that's what i tell people young people i'm like safety safety mm-hmm. first you just mm-hmm. gotta know if you don't feel safe then there is a reason why you don't feel safe and you should do everything you can to stay safe yeah because a safe you is better than a no you exactly now here we are in 2023 a little fast forward to the present mm-hmm. um as, as we all know if you're on social networking if you have any connection to <laughs> the present world you know that the you know once th- the topic of pride pops up uh, you started seeing a little bit of uh i'd say the word commercialism Mm-hmm. starts to kind of pop up into into the conversation and I knew this was going <laughs> to one of the things that that uh, uh, Wendy was going to talk about because it kind of let, let's start let's start with Bud Light with mm-hmm. the with the Bud Light campaign which started out as just kind of like a something small mm-hmm. for one person for a, a TikTok influencer trans uh, Dylan Oh, I don't know TikTok like that. I am I've aged out of the cool group. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it, it started out with the, uh, what's uh, But I know that it was yeah. like a trans star on TikTok mm-hmm. and it yeah. was just it was supposed to be a commercial, like. Well, they they they. It was a one of one yeah. product. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a six pack can, uh, six pack of Bud Light with uh, with their photo on it, mm-hmm. with their image, and it was just for them. And uh, she had done a video of herself, like, oh, then you know, look at this is great. Thank you, Bud Light, Bud Light. Oh man, the next day, you're seeing videos popping up with Kid Rock. With oh my gosh, with yeah. cases of Bud Light, and he's shooting it with an AK-47. Yeah, and then it just like everybody just starts turning their back on Bud Light. Then the Bud Light uh, leadership, the marketing people who put the campaign, said, "We're standing by. You know, we really need to change this image of Bud Light from being like a frat boy product. And you know, we think this is great. We're we're moving forward. We're all about inclusion. So it goes on for a while. Goes on for a while." Then you start seeing those people who started those campaigns taking leaves of absences. Mm-hmm. Bud Light starts kind of changing their changing their tune, and you're just like, you bunch of wimps! Like you know, you put this poor uh, person out there just to be a target of ridicule, and then everybody else that identifies mm-hmm. as trans and is like, this is my moment. This is great. Look at Bud Light is accepting, and then everybody just turns your back on you yeah. in America. Not everybody, but like. A large chunk, and if you go on social networking, it just turns this big mess. And here we are, and that starts with Bud Light, then it goes to Target, then it goes to L.A. Dodgers Pride Night. The right? Angels I was jumping like, into "Come on, yeah. L.A. Dodgers!" Let's like, there's the gays love baseball. Yeah, <laughs> but let let's start right there. So the Bud Light campaigns. Now, you, even you said you didn't know nothing about the TikToker, but let's start there and kind of move into the present. I was like, when I heard about it, I was like. Obviously, folks that are not pro-LGBTQ folks only are not, like, super involved because Bud Light has been served at Pride events for years. Yeah. How do you think people, invo- like, enjoy adult beverages? Do, you, yeah. do, you just, do they we homebrew? No, we buy it at, like, people sponsor Pride. Like, mm-hmm. these organizations, these companies have been part of Pride for years, you know, because gay people spend money 
companies like money who yeah. has money gay people you know why not go where they are at so it's kind of one of those like catch 22 where like yes you're they're supporting the community but at the same time you're a little fearful you're not really supporting the community like you said Matt, because they're like yes we're gonna give you a platform but then when the platform starts to fall apart we're just gonna pull from under you and it's not even like it fell apart they were getting no. some backlash right yeah it's like and they just don't want to stand tall and they yes, caved they did and i was like it to me it seems like like it was performative um uh bullying like yeah. they were doing it just to get a rise out of like their friends because mm-hmm. most folks are still gonna drink bud light most mm-hmm. folks are still gonna shop at target most folks are still gonna uh you know eat <laughs> chick-fil-a most folks <laughs> yeah. are still gonna do all these <laughs> yeah. things yeah. because it's uh, just a, a small loud majority or not even a majority there's just a loud group of folks that are just saying these things to be performative to get likes to get mm-hmm. you know um viewers and stuff like that because most people don't they don't really care no, they, they don't, don't. Care. No. i'm like what's on sale i need that let yeah. me buy it yeah you see an ad for like two for 15 of bud light like hey maybe you right? saying like maybe this week <laughs> yeah you go to, you go to any convenience store they still don't sell bud light everything's out there but mm-hmm. if you were to go on if you were just addicted to social networking you only mm-hmm. stopped, went to certain places to get your news you're gonna say oh look at them they said that they they're they're giving away Bud Light for free now. It's yeah. like, where? I'll go get it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you had to buy that Bud Light, right? Is mm-hmm. that they give it to you? No. Okay. So you're still, they're still making their money. Mm-hmm. Either you hate him or love him. The bottom line is money for them. You know, um, Wendy, there's a there's a big LGBTQ plus community that is like a rising in the current county. Mm-hmm. We, we talk about pride from 2021 and how it's just like growing. Right. Um, if like you are in this community and you need help, is there any resources that you like? Yes, contact? I have been collecting resources for years for mm-hmm. this exact moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> OK, so the first one that I am really uh, going to talk about is the Center for Sexuality and Gender Diversity, which is uh, an organization here in town that primarily focuses on LGBTQ plus folks and their needs whether it be emotional uh, or mental support or other like needs and services that you could have um, and they are located uh, online and in person too but if you just look for the center for sexuality and diversity in Bakersfield they'll be really that's like the number one that'll pop up mm-hmm. another organization that does a lot of great work is LGBTQ of Bakersfield they're actually the group that sponsors pride and pride is an all volunteer based organ um event mm-hmm. other bigger prides like if you go to la if you go to west hollywood if you got san francisco those prides are like businesses you know they're yeah. like corporations essentially mm-hmm. but the one here in town is all local homegrown mm-hmm. these are people that spend hours days months literally giving their time for free for our community to have somewhere to be and to do something mm-hmm. you know which is kind of cool if you think about it because 15 years ago i don't know if this community was ready for this but that's when we started having these events yeah. Because people were brave enough to be like, okay, we need our own space. We yeah. just as as much as we like like to bag on Bakersfield, right? It has really grown in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. Right? Oh man, and it has changed directions, and it has become a, a community. Besides the heat, like, the heat <laughs> never changes. <laughs> but um, it, it has grown to like being more accepting in more places. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's. I think it's always been accepting. I think it's just people are more loud loud they're mm. willing to just be like i stand for this versus yeah. like in behind closed doors i feel like in the past a lot of folks did support this but they were just too scared to say anything mm. but now that there's like a wave of people that are doing this people are less scared to do this yeah. but it goes the opposite way too people are less scared to 
show their hate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, it's catch twenty two. Yeah, we can't <laughs> win everything. Um, and another organization that is really good for parents or people that have children that are in the community would be P Flag of Bakersfield, mm, yes. and they host monthly meetings um, for parents or caregivers of LGBTQ plus folks because maybe you're not in the community, but someone you love is, and you're like, oh man, they go through a lot, or I want to help them, or I want to be a better ally. So those are the top three that I would um, go to. And then we're all, they're all kind of interconnected. Once you go to one and have a need, if they can't help you, they'll send you to mm -hmm. the, the, the organization that can. Um, this is a big, small community. And I say that because Kern County is really, really big. We are enormous. But there's also like, but the LGBT community is small in that regard that no matter where you are from the community, we're, you'll end up in LGBTQ Bakersfield. <laughs> or somewhere, yeah, somewhere, yeah. yeah. Now, and when, when you say that LGBTQ plus now, and because the conversation of the trans community has also come up a lot, especially mm -hmm. because of the Bud Light thing, it's mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of snowballed into that. But let's let's talk about the the Bakersfield trans community and how uh, you know resources for them. Can they also go to perfect? These? Yes, I just have. A, um, I know that the center is actually hosting an event, a name and gender correction clinic that's going to be on June twenty fourth, and that's actually going to be hosted by California Rural Legal Assistance. And they'll help any trans person that is ready to like do formal name changes, stuff like mm -hmm. that. They'll have resources there um, starting that day, but they uh, also exist like f without them. So if, uh, the center can also re like refer people there. So there are organizations in town that help with that. And they're going to have a special day in June just to like, like kind of like a quick stop. But okay. if you can't go that day, they offer other days and stuff like that. We'll hyperlink all the links that Wendy has talked about right now, all the resources. I will hyperlink them in the info box. So it'll be evergreen. So, you know, even after Pride Month in June, you could still go and reference it and click on it. It'll take you to that resource and get all the information that you need. Wendy, we appreciate you. Is there anything else you want to say before yeah. you get going? Uh, yeah, this community yeah. is definitely up and coming. I feel like a lot of folks always underestimate Bakersfield and Kern County. They're like... It's just, you know, a bunch of rednecks, just mm -hmm. a bunch of field workers, just a bunch of oilers or, you know, no, like, no, there's more than that. There's like a diverse, rich community of artists, LGBTQ folks and just genuine good people that are out there doing the work. Um, and it's been happening for generations. We have Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta, Larry Leong. And we have, if you're if you're an LGBTQ folk, you know who Whitney Waddell is. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> she's been, you know, advocating for the community for a long time. And if you've been around a minute, you also know Elisa Tello, Olive Garrison, Ann Pickney, Audrey Chavez, and countless others, people that have been doing the work. So just know that there is a community out there that is, like, advocating for everybody. It's just, you know, you can't always hear us. And Wendy got I right oh, yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm here, but that's different because I'm here with you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, if you see Wendy, you'll get to know Wendy. Be, uh, you know, uh, she provides uh, uh, support for for right here in the in the Kern County school system. So, like, if uh, you know, the chances are that you know, if your kid out there was like, you know, questioning, like, what do I do? Questioning my identity. I, you know, maybe I'm thinking about coming out. Chances are you're gonna they're gonna be under the guidance of a great leader like Wendy Garay mm -hmm. who's gonna offer them resources and put them in the right point them in the right direction and offer resources for parents as well. Correct? Yes, I like I my I love working with teens and young people. That's my like day profession. But my like passion is working with adults and parents and just understanding what it's like to be LGBTQ or what it just means to be an ally, just mm -hmm. someone to like just be there for them because a lot of the times I've noticed that adults want to help they just don't know how. And that's yeah. what I want to do. I want to help adults help other people. Wendy, thank you so much. We appreciate <laughs> yes. it. You don't want to turn that down. We got more coming up. It's Real Talk on Forge 103.9, a new sound. 
Hey, Real Talk Podcast listeners, we wanted to add a little bit more to the conversation because we had such a great response to the broadcast. But Wendy, let's talk about history, local history, LGBTQ+. Perfect. I have not been spending the last three years doing any research on this or anything, okay? This is just top of my head. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. It's for my dissertation. <laughs> um, so I... If, you, if you're gay in this community or you're LGBTQ+, you've heard of Whitney Waddell, right? If you haven't, then you live under a rock. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Or you literally just moved here yesterday and you have no idea who anyone is. Uh, but Whitney Waddell has been advocating for our community for many, many years and just, you know, standing up for what she believes is right and just doing, doing, doing what I consider great work. Um, and she's one of my mentors. Like, I do the work I do because she does the work she does. She's been, you know, out in the picking line she's at supporting you know organizing and doing the good work um but i talked to her and i was like oh you know i'm working on my research i want to you know i want to highlight local lgbtq plus community uh or just history in general because i feel that our community has such great diverse history and farm work farm organizing you know labor history um there's chief justice oral warren if mm-hmm. you're like a super history nerd like me you know brown versus education there's like a lot of deep deep history in this community but no one talks about the gay history. Nobody talks about the LGBT plus history. And it's been here for a minute. And one of the persons that I think that we need to remember is um, my good friend. She's not, you know, I don't really know her, but that's what I call everybody, my friends. Uh, my good friend, Nancy J. Bailey, who was the predecessor to Whitney Waddell. Mm-hmm. So she was an out lesbian in the 80s who ran for mayor, okay, in this community on a pro-reproductive rights platform okay so she was like pro everything that everybody hates right she's an out lesbian she's out in the community doing the good work she wins 25 percent of the vote that's amazing isn't that crazy in the 80s so this is in the height of the hiv aids epidemics you have you know like this a lot of not very fun laws towards lgbtq folks and here she is in red kern county coming out and knowing that i might not win but i'm gonna you know be the candidate that these folks need and sure enough she ended up getting 25 percent of the vote and i to me to me that is shocking like mm-hmm. she did that in the 80s mm-hmm. that's with fantastic. no social media with like a bunch of hate and just her will to you know. and probably one of like the toughest errors to do it yes mm. and i'm like oh, yeah and it's to me that that to me is like the best thing that she's ever done and to me i just love her story and then not only did she do that um if you've ever heard of cta or california teacher association yes she um that is a very big teacher union so if you are a teacher in california you're somehow affiliated with that yeah. union mm-hmm. they have a lot of power um and obviously she was a lady that was by the books and she's like how can i help my community so she advocated for lgbtq teachers in the union and they have the Le- gay and lesbian caucus because of her and a caucus is an organization part of a big organization that helps lead um, the kind of like the policy work and stuff like that that yeah. the larger community does, and that was because of her from Bakersfield. Yeah, she that's impacted amazing. the whole state of California. And on top of that, CSUB um, had a gay and lesbian club. She ran it because, of course, right? Mm-hmm. You need someone to help not lead the state, but also the students, because she was an educator at, at the end of it. She was a professor at CSUB, and she taught there for many, many years. And she put herself out there, not only as an advocate, but as someone uh, to to just hear you out and be like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm queer, mm, Yeah, help me out. <laughs> is it, uh, you should write a book. I am. And oh, you are doing I, This is a dissertation. Oh. Dissertation essentially Excellent. is going to be a book, and I'm, currently I'm working on interviewing folks that knew her and stuff like that, kind of see the progress, because obviously I don't, have social media i don't have videos to go back so i have to talk to folks Uh so that's what i'm going to be doing in the next 
couple of months is going out and talking to older community members see if a do remember her campaign like what was were people opposed it or were they like what were they saying what was why were they voting for her why were they not voting for her like i just want to know everything that happened in this community because this is you know in the 80s yeah yeah 2023 i don't think what was like the propaganda against her exactly like like i want to know all of that and i just want to know like her drive like why did she do it Mm -hmm. and when you think about the 80s into the 90s um a place you know places for uh lgbtq plus community to socialize in in bakersfield it was kind of subjected to maybe some clubs where you knew mm-hmm. uh, i remember back in the let me see there was the cellar which was right there on k street which is now tiki co mm-hmm. oh, okay. uh, the sunken ship okay. that was that was one of the original uh, uh gay bars in bakersfield then you also had the rainbow room which is connected to the building where the Amazon distribution center is on Wilson Road. Okay. Okay. The one that they haven't done anything okay. with. Okay. Yeah. So that building on the right corner of that uh it it used to be called the Matchmaker Inn. Uh-huh. But for a few years it was called the Rainbow Room. And it was a, it was a gay and lesbian bar. And then also of course the classic still around Casablanca. Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Now the Casablanca location now is not the original Casablanca location. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. It used to be over there downtown, but it was in a small kind of like this. It was it was a trip. It was just kind of like this small building on a lot. Mm-hmm. And they just had a bar and they had a pool table. That was I love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And if you knew, oh, yeah, oh, that's that's the Casa. And then they moved to the Casa, which is the Casa that everybody loves. It, you know, it's a, it's a place to go party, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a... All the events. When someone says we're going to Casa tonight, like, like ooh, oh, get man, ready. Guess, <laughs> yeah, and then you, I mean, prepping. and then of course, you know, you had the mint and that was the, yeah. uh, the places, the venues that were uh, gay friendly and welcoming. But now, I think bars are just bars, right? Yeah, I always joke, and if if you help me in any bar, it's a gay bar. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you've literally <laughs> just become a gay bar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, so that's kind of like what I want to do. I want to map up the queer history of mm-hmm. Kern County because I think it's so fascinating. Like, I think folks forget that gay people have existed in this community mm-hmm. forever. Not everybody has the means to travel outside of this community to find community mm-hmm. um so house parties you know like i've heard rumors and i want to talk to those people <laughs> like i want to know what happened i want to <laughs> know what happened in these house parties in the 80s i want to know the business and record it so other young queer folks in this community know that they were never alone yeah that's great information so everybody listening right now to the real talk podcast we want to thank wendy got eye for this bonus segment share this with everybody share this with your friends with your family and you know the resources we got the resources you go to the information uh uh section right there of the podcast everything is hyperlinked and we want to thank wendy thank you so much happy pride oh, thank you happy pride <laughs> Thank you for listening to Real Talk, the podcast. If you want to catch us on live terrestrial radio every Friday, if you're in the Kern County area, tune in to Forge 103.9 on your radio stations. And if you're somewhere else, Matt, where do you well, go? Well, from any place in the globe, you can listen live or stream the podcast from Forge1039.com.